Hello and welcome to another episode of Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance, hosted by T. Erica Patterson. We're exploring the intersection of mental illness and mental brilliance. Is there a correlation? Well, let's find out. I have personally been called mentally ill, and I've also been called mentally brilliant. And I've also thought both of those things about myself. For many years and often I felt that maybe one the mental illness part could dampen the mental brilliance part but I think sometimes the fact that I have evidence of mental illness it actually promotes the mental brilliance just because you have something that's not quite right going on in your brain It doesn't mean it's going to hold you back from where you're trying to go. You just have to learn how to use it properly to promote yourself. And that's what I've been doing. So I am a mental health and personal success teacher. I have been um, creating YouTube videos about mental health and relationships since 2007. I've written 12 books. Actually, I'm working on my 12th book. It's not finished yet, but I published 11 books mostly about relationships and leadership. I am a relationship coach. I help women become leaders in their relationships. And I help men become better partners to their wives and girlfriends who are leaders. So I encourage men to support female leadership as well. I'm a creative, meaning there's probably not too much that I haven't done. I've created documentaries. I've created living documentaries or vlogs. If you can follow along as I go along in my life and completing a really big monster goal and they're posted on YouTube. I've coached people through crisis situation situations. I even had a um, emotional crisis hotline at one point. I provided financial assistance to more than 300 women. And I give away grants to women who are rebuilding their lives and moving forward in life. So I am living out my dream on a small scale, despite the funky stuff that's going on behind the scenes that you can't see when you look at me. But let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about the beginning of my mental illness. And if you're wondering, I'm speaking off the cuff completely. I don't have a script. I'm just talking. As most of my podcasts will be just me releasing the thoughts that are in my mind at the moment, whether they're discombobulated by the struggles I have with my mental illness now, or they're coherent thoughts that I've really wanted to share with you. But when was the first time I recognized that something wasn't quite right with me? I think I had just graduated from college um so it was like 2004 and um at that time I had two small children I have two sons by the way my sons are now 18 and 16 but back then they were like one and two or two and four or something like that and um I remember I don't know what triggered this but I would be in my apartment and I would say I would have these 
thoughts that I couldn't control and I would apologize to those thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now looking back on it, those thoughts were me remembering interactions that I've had with people and I felt that I could have said something better or done something different and maybe I unintentionally offended them or hurt them and I was feeling sorry for it these were things the things that I would think of were flashbacks from things that happened in the past it could have been recently as a week or even years but I remember those flashes and I remember my immediate reaction was to say I'm sorry now that might not seem you know too out of the box but I would say it uncontrollably I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and I would say it in front of people I couldn't control those flashes of thoughts that were condemning me or causing me to judge myself as wrong and I couldn't control the out loud the verbal expression of the words I'm sorry and it reminded me of when people have Tourette's and I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong with my head? But I kind of brushed it off because I had things to do. I had two small kids to take care of. I just graduated um, college and I needed to um, find employment, take care of my household and all those things. The next time I remember having a really big issue and I didn't know what was going on at the moment. Now I can see clearly. It was 2000 and seven I believe yes so at this time by this time my children my two sons were now living with their father because I had lost my job like the year prior and I couldn't afford to take care of us and their father offered to let them you know stay with him for a while quote unquote but that while ended up lasting all this time because I never really got it together where I could support myself and my sons by myself. Why was he not helping? You have to ask him. But let's move on. So he has my sons. And I had moved from Miami, which is where I'm from, born and raised in in the county of Dade, to Atlanta. From Atlanta, I moved to Houston. From Houston, I moved to Dallas. Each while taking a a job in each city, trying to see where do I fit into this world. And when I got to Dallas, I had this job that was crazy amazing to me. It was the beginning of the internet age, you know, where people were just starting to get excited about websites and publishing a lot of content on it and my background my journalism degree was magazine journalism so I had the perfect mix of internet knowledge I had been blogging since 2003 so I was just well versed on what's going on the internet and I got a job that was paying me to do what I was doing for fun a week goes by two weeks go by three weeks go by a month goes by And I'm doing exceptionally well in this position. But at the same time, I'm super lonely because I'm in a city by myself. Now, mind you, I had moved from Atlanta to Houston to Dallas, all by myself, just driving my car, chasing just, oh, there's an opportunity there. Let me just go and try it. Never having visited any of these places 
just moving, just driving, finding a place to live when I got there, finding employment when I got there. I was just doing it. So this particular time, I was working at this job, and I remember being at home and starting to feel a, a rumble in my chest. It was painful. It was scary. And my mind was exploding with all of these thoughts like, oh, they don't want you there, or this is not where you belong, or you can't stay here, you can't stay here, you can't stay here. It was a, it was a battle. It was a barrage. It was, I felt like I was being beat down. And after a few days of this, like, you need to go, you need to go. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Just consistently feeling like I'm doing the wrong thing. And I resigned from that job. And once I resigned, I felt peace. I felt relaxed. And now looking back, because I've had several more of those episodes, that was probably my first anxiety attack. And during those anxiety attacks, those thoughts that come into my mind, they seem so real, they seem so true, and I follow what they say until I feel the relief again. And since then, I've had many of those anxiety attacks, usually when I'm socializing with people or interacting with them for any extended period of time. And the only time I can relax again is when I have to leave and go and be by myself. Another time I remember feeling that way and I didn't have the vocabulary for what was going on someone invited me to a birthday dinner of somebody I barely knew I don't know why I was invited but I was and I went and I remember being in there and feeling this pain in my chest and feeling this explosion about to happen and I felt so that I urgently needed to get out of there get out of here get out of here get out of there I had to get up from the party leave and go sit in my car And I must have sat in the car for 20 or 30 minutes before I could calm down. And then I went back into the party, excused myself, and then I went home. So at the time, I have no language for what's going on or or reasoning for why I'm feeling this way. Prior to that, I had been a very social person, very easy to talk to. If you had known me in high school or or you know, before that, you would probably say I was nice. In fact, whenever I reconnect with people from my high school days, they will say, oh, you are the nicest, the prettiest, the smartest. I'm like, well, I never knew that. Why didn't y'all tell me? This is what people thought of me. But something changed. Something changed. What was it? Well, I asked myself this question a long time ago. And I I didn't think, I didn't have the knowledge to ask myself that question. But as I was talking to a young woman that I met online, uh, we were on the phone. And I was telling her, I don't know what's going on with me. And she said, can you remember the last time you didn't feel this way? What was your life like before you felt like this? Then maybe you'll figure out the trigger. And honestly, I didn't feel this way before I met the father of my children. 
I didn't have these racing thoughts. I didn't have these feelings of angst. I was focused on my goals, accomplishing all my goals, and I felt good about myself and where I was going to go. I felt for certain that I had great things to contribute to this world. Let me just hurry up and grow up and get and get to them. But I happened to meet him when I was 18 or 19. And then everything changed. So that was the beginning of my mental illness. More panic attacks, more breakdowns, more mania. Why has it lasted so many years? I met him when I was 18, had two children from him. And now I'm a grown woman. I'm 39 years old. Why am I still experiencing these things right now? And please bear with me, guys. As I'm talking, it's as though I'm counseling myself. And I think that it's still going on right now because I have not had a different experience from what I experienced with him. With him... I was in essentially an abusive relationship. It's not like he would beat me up or anything like that, but he was very critical of me all the time. He would laugh at me when I would cry. He was not helpful to me. He would compare me to everybody else. And then once we ended the relationship and he moved on with someone else, then he became verbally and emotionally abusive he would literally try to hurt my feelings tell me I'm nothing tell me I'm worthless tell me you you aren't anything and of course using bad language send me abusive emails because he knew I was always online so he would send me emails attacking me you're not you're nothing you're this you're that just consistently and honestly he never stopped The last email I got from him that was abusive, insulting, was this year, a few months ago. And what did I do when I got that email? I was just so fed up because all this time I've been trying to find help, asking people, can you talk to him? I even reached out to a friend of mine who has a brother who is a police officer. I said, can you please go see him? Can you talk to him? Can you tell him that this is wrong? Can you tell him to stop? being abusive towards me and the brother was like he's not gonna listen I reached out to his friends they said he's not gonna listen but he doesn't treat other people like that it's just me why probably because I don't fight back why probably because when I was in those situations growing up in my household With my stepfather, he was very the same way. And I didn't fight back then. So with him, I was in that same situation where I'm scared and I can't do anything about it. I don't curse him back out. I don't say F you. I don't do any of those things that a normal, probably rational person would do. I'm just scared again. Why is he lashing out at me? Why is he trying to 
put me down, convince me that I'm not worth anything, that I'm not a good mother, that I'm a trash person, that um, I will never amount to anything in life, that all these negative things he will say consistently, consistently, every time I would interact with him. And I didn't have any other person in my life who was telling me the opposite that I respected, you know? I never had another relationship after him. So my son, oldest son is 18. So let's just say it's been about 20 years of being in this abusive relationship and not having love or protection from anybody from it. It's consistently on guard, on guard, on guard. I wished he was dead. I wished I was dead. I wish he or I would die one of us so I can be free from this. But that hasn't happened. So part of my work is teaching women how to be better leaders of their own lives. First, leaders of their relationships and their homes, and then leaders in their community and ultimately the world. Why is this so important to me? Because I have played a leadership role among my peers and friends on many occasions. Because I believe women need to understand that they have the ability to lead, the wisdom to lead, and the option to lead. Because most women don't know that. But also, because I don't want any woman to feel like they don't have options, that they can't say no, that they can't say stop the way that I felt. So when I work with women in my leadership coaching program, I'm practicing with them to say no, to correct disrespectful behavior, to set higher standards for themselves, to focus on themselves, and to be loving and appreciative of people who are loving and appreciative of them. I'm transforming their minds from running behind somebody and trying to make them love you correctly to recognizing those who do love you correctly and loving them back to dismissing that behavior that's hurtful and not just chalking it up to oh those are boys, boys will be boys I'm trying to recondition the minds of women so that these men will be forced to be respectful or they won't have partners this is what I wish someone had taught me which is the same as my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is filled with videos, more than 1,200 videos, and they're all lessons of things that I wish someone had taught me. So before I started this podcast, I had no idea what I would say or what would come out of it. I just wanted to explore the concept of when does mental illness begin? And for me, it began with an abusive relationship that I'm still in right now. At the same time, I've still managed to achieve all of my dreams, literally everything that I think that I want to do with my life, I've managed to do it. 
every idea that I have that I think would impact this world, I have moved forward on it and pushed it out there into the world as best as I can. Whether people applauded me for it, whether I was recognized for it, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that I'm doing everything that comes to my mind to demonstrate my my greatness and my brilliance. Do I wake up every morning with anxiety? Yes. Am I feeling some form of anxiety right at this moment? Yes. But that doesn't mean that it has to overtake what I need to do with my life. What I want to do with my life, what I believe I have to give to this world, I don't allow it to overtake me. And in those moments where I feel that it will overtake me, because sometimes it comes in like waves and it'll last for days. And it'll just be these thoughts that I can't control and they're, they're pounding me, they're pounding me, they're telling me that I should die, they're telling me that I should kill myself, they're telling me that I don't matter, they're telling me that I'm stupid, they're telling me that all the work I've done is for nothing, they're telling me that no one cares, they're telling me that I should leave here, I don't belong here, that there's no one around you who loves you. Who can you call? No one. Who can you talk to? No one. What are you doing all this work for? No one cares. No one cares. You can barely still keep yourself afloat financially. No one cares. This work means nothing. And it wasn't until today, I'm talking about today, that I recognized intellectually (laughs) that I don't have to listen to those thoughts. Those thoughts aren't speaking the truth. I automatically assumed that they were until today, until this morning. This morning, I realized that maybe those thoughts are lying. Maybe those thoughts are wrong. Just because I'm feeling anxiety and I think someone hates me, does that mean that they hate me? Or is it just my thoughts trying to convince me of that? I will automatically assume they do. So what can I do to get out of this cycle of mania, anxiety, depression, hopelessness? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But in my mind, I... I'm remembering a story that I read about uh, a woman who said she worked at a pet store and she hated the fact that people would come in and want to play with the pets that they were trying to adopt or buy. And she said she hated it because these pets were locked in cages and she said the workers were not allowed to play with any of the pets. Therefore, once you let a a caged animal out of their cage they're not going to be friendly they're not conditioned to be handled with love so somebody's reaching for them with love but they're lashing out they're hitting they're fighting they're screaming she said we haven't poured love into them they're not going to be loving towards people and I think that is what I'm missing So all of these years from the father of my children, I've been poured into hate, criticism, cursing out, you're not good enough, attacks against me, trying to keep my children away from me, convincing my children that I'm not a 
good mom. Just attacks, attacks for years and years. And I haven't had anyone that's countering that. Not not that would just tell him to stop. I would love for somebody to tell him to stop and get him to stop. But someone that was just countering that and pouring into me. Something different. But just like those caged animals, if anybody comes into my life to try to give me that love, I'm I'm already on the defense because I'm expecting the same behavior from them that I get from him. And I don't want that. I'm nipping it in the bud from the very moment we meet. You're not getting close to me. You're not going to hurt me like he has been doing. Am I mentally ill? Am I mentally brilliant? You be the judge. I'm going to continue to share more of my life stories, more revelations, more insights, and more of my observations about the world around me, about society and how society impacts my mental illness and the mental health of others. So stay tuned. You're watching Mental Illness. Oh, you're listening to, excuse me, I'm such a YouTuber. You're listening to Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance, hosted by T. Erica. Visit mentalbrilliance.com for more information. I'll talk to you guys soon.